It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3. Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. With financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the inspired team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Hey folks, thanks for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard, your host and one of the financial advisors on the show. Joined with Kevin Corhorn and Joshua Gregory, all three of us are financial advisors with Corhorn Financial Group. That's right. Well, the Roth IRA has officially been around for 18 years now, and it just keeps getting more and more popular. So if you don't know what all the rage is about, then listen close, because on today's show, we're going to help you determine where a Roth IRA might fit in your financial picture. This is your show, folks. So if you have a comment or a question, reach out to us. Go to wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit a question, listen to previous episodes, check out more information on the show, all of that. Or you can give us a call and submit a question that way, 574-222-2000. We want to hear from you. All right, we're talking about the Roth IRA, but before we do so, many of you in the community have been impacted by the torrential downpour we got earlier this week. I'm looking at some numbers here Casey gave me. On August 15th alone, 7.69 inches. In the 24-hour period, though, it was more like 8.2. Some areas saw 10 inches of rain. And as Kevin would say, our insurance agency has been flooded with phone calls. I would say wow. it's not a joking matter, Kevin. No, there's nothing funny about that. And, and this is when, because you've paid that insurance premium for years and years and years, and now you've got water in your house, and now it's time for the insurance that you have to deliver. But most people don't really understand what they have and what it covers. They just assume if I write, if I pay the check, if I write my check and pay the premium, I'm covered for any bad episode that can happen in my life. And that's why we have Alicia. That's right, folks. Here's the deal. This is such an important topic. So many people in Michiana are affected. We've invited one of our insurance advisors into the studio to help us answer this question of, what should I do? Do I have coverage? So back in the studio with us, Alicia Boehner, one of our insurance advisors, who is also an endorsed local provider for Dave Ramsey. So Alicia, if someone calls in and says, hey, I've got an issue, Alicia, do I have coverage? I've got water in my basement or something like that. Do I have coverage? Yep. So that's a great question. And in response to that, we're going to ask you a question, which is how did the water get into your basement? Did it come in through cracks in the home's foundation? Did it come in under your windowsill or your doorway or at the floor? If the answer to that question is yes, more than likely you do not have coverage unless you've purchased a separate flood insurance policy. Okay, so say that again. If water came in through cracks in the floor or through the windowsill... Or home's foundation. Anytime water seeps in through cracks in the home's foundation... That is generally not automatically covered. Only a flood policy would cover that. Generally speaking, yes. Okay, so I have a window well, and it comes in, it fills up my window well and comes in through the window. From the outside. From the outside. Yes, flood insurance. Only flood insurance. Correct. My goodness. So it comes in, fills up my basement. Flood insurance. And I'm thinking, I have all this loss in my basement, I'm covered. I'm only covered if... You have a flood insurance policy. 
Okay. And do you have to be in a flood zone to buy a flood insurance policy or can anyone buy it? Nope. Anyone can buy it. The rates are much more expensive if you are in a high risk flood zone. But if you're not in a flood zone, meaning your mortgage is not requiring it, then the rates are a little more reasonable. It's still not an inexpensive coverage, though. It's usually at least a few hundred dollars in the best case scenario. Okay. So give us some hope. Say that wasn't the issue. Say you had water leaking in from your roof. I actually was pulling out of my garage, turned my car on. I look, I had water coming down the drywall in my garage. Yep. So what's going on there? So normally if water's just leaking in through the roof, that usually is a covered claim. So the residual damage, which what that means is the roof itself may not be covered depending upon why the roof was leaking. If it's just wear and tear, if the roof was just breaking down, it was time to replace it. The roof damage might not be covered but usually the resulting damage will be covered, which means the drywall repair, um, if you had contents that were ruined or stuff inside your house that got moldy or gross, that oftentimes would be covered. Carpet would be cleaned, all those types of things. Mm -hmm. All right, and lastly, go down to the basement again. You found water in your basement. I had a meeting with someone at nine o'clock on Tuesday morning. He comes in and we're just talking. He said, oh yeah, I had two inches of rain in my basement. So what, why are you here? Go home and deal with this. He's like, yeah, no big deal. But if it came in because the sump pump shorted out. Yep. And is there coverage for that? Yep. So water that backs up through a hole, usually a drain in your floor, or that comes in through a sump pump hole. If you have a water backup endorsement, you would have a specified amount of coverage for that, but your deductible would still apply. So you'd want to get an estimate, see how much it's going to cost to repair that damage, and then determine whether it makes sense to file the claim. So how would someone know whether they have that endorsement? You're, you're describing this as an add-on to a normal policy That's then, correct. right? Yep. You would call your agent. Well, that's really that's really the summary here. I mean, the the joke about our office was flooded with calls. A lot of people called in, and which is which is sad because a lot of people in Michigan have been affected by this. And if that's you, yeah, well, us too. We had I think three leaks in the office where we came in on on Tuesday and had some surprises for us. And so call your agent. And and if you're not sure or don't have a relationship with your agent, we're happy to help you. Call Alicia. Call us. We want to help because a lot of people have been impacted by this crazy weather. Do you have a recommendation for people on deciding whether or not they would put this coverage in place? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about the people out there that have dodged this bullet. They mm-hmm. don't They don't have water in their basement, um, but maybe this has been kind of a wake-up call right. to them. Man, we can get a lot of water in a short amount of time in this community, mm-hmm. and what if I'm not ready the next time? We feel like almost everyone needs to have some water backup coverage. Usually, even if someone doesn't have a finished basement, we'll put around $5,000 on their policy. But then if they do have a finished basement, we ask more questions to determine what the correct amount of coverage is. But yeah, I would say everyone should have at least some water backup coverage. Absolutely. And there are some things that you can do to enhance what you can buy as far as water backup. Is that right? With a sump pump and uh, types of reserve things. So basically trying to limit the risk and limit uh, the the potential of a loss yourself. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, you can put a battery backup on your sump pump, and that's something that a lot of people will do. And some of the companies will even require that if you want to have over a certain dollar amount of insurance. So we have one carrier that if you want more than $5,000, you are required to have either a secondary sump pump or a battery-generated backup hooked to that sump pump in order to have that much coverage. Okay, folks, I know that we are, you know, uh, we're still dealing with this. We still have had a lot of rain this week and so on. So, Alicia, thanks for joining us here. I know this has impacted a lot of folks, 
And I'm sure you're going to continue to get more calls. But hopefully that's helped you folks. Hopefully your basement stayed dry and your your ceiling stayed completely dry as well. So thanks, Alicia. And uh, let's get talking about the Roth IRA. Okay, guys. So the Roth IRA, why are we talking about the Roth IRA today? That's a great question, Mike. The Wise Money Show is all about financial planning. So when you look at financial planning, and just as a refresher, there are six areas to financial planning. Your present financial position, protection planning, that's what we just talked about with Alicia. What risks do I live with? Which risks do I transfer? And then you look at tax planning. you got to make the distinction between tax planning and tax preparation. And then investment planning. The fifth area is college and retirement planning. And the sixth area is estate planning. So when you're considering making a financial decision, such as should I Roth or should I not Roth, to Roth or not to Roth, that is the question, you want to consider that in the context of your entire financial plan. And that's why we say, hey, make sure you're working with a certified financial planner when you're making these decisions. And using a Roth IRA really has a positive impact on all six of those areas of your financial life. So let's talk about some of the basics here with a Roth IRA, just how it works. Well, I I always start by explaining to people what the Roth IRA is not, because one of the biggest misconceptions that's out there is that the Roth IRA is an investment itself. Yeah. You know, people come in and say, hey, what are Roth IRAs paying these days? And uh, I, I think they get that question from strolling into a bank. If you're someone that still does that and doesn't do everything online, you may see some sandwich board up at the bank saying that uh, the interest rate on Roth IRAs is 2% for the next three years or something. Oh my I'm goodness. making up these numbers, yeah. right? <laughs> It'd be 0.2%. Wouldn't that be nice? Right. But the, the point is, is they're actually... Um, they're illustrating or or advertising what rate of return the investment inside the Roth could could offer there at the bank. They're basically giving CD rates, and the Roth IRA is just the account that you're buying that CD inside of. So just keep in mind, Roth IRAs are an account. They're not an investment themselves. We're going to be breaking down this, uh, this great versatile tool called the Roth IRA. More basics, more strategies, what you should be doing if you've got a Roth IRA, or really why you should have one. So all that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, Newstalk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Thanks for tuning in today, folks. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on 95.3 MNC. My name's Mike. I've got Josh and Kevin with me in the studio. We had Alicia Boehner in the studio with us talking about all the flooding and all the issues people have had with all the rain. And we've since kicked her out, but she gave some great information on what you need to know if you've got a wet house right now. Hopefully you don't. Thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. Today's show, though, is all about the Roth IRA and demystifying it. It is such an important tool. Don't want you to be confused by it. That's right. We started by saying what it's not. We said it's not an investment itself. It's an account that you buy investments inside of. And the whole reason that you would use this type of an account is because it serves as a tax shelter for you. 
And it's really one of our favorite tax shelters. It's one of the reasons why we spend so much time talking about the Roth IRA on this show. But the way that it works is you get to pile money into this account. And when the dollars are inside the account, you get to decide how they're invested, how much risk you take. And that would determine how much potential growth you can earn over time. But the beautiful thing about the Roth IRA, and this is unique to the Roth IRA, is that all that growth, all the interest that you can earn, the uh, the, the appreciation over time, it grows tax-free. And we can't say that of other investments. Most investments are growing tax-deferred. That's how your 401k at work would work. Um, or your, your IRA. Those are accounts where as it grows, eventually you're going to pay tax on it. All you're really doing is delaying the tax. That's not the case with the Roth. The Roth, you are avoiding the tax completely. Yeah, that's great. So Kevin often calls it, well, go ahead. What, what do you refer to it as? Well, I call it the 24-karat gold Cadillac. Well, it is It is that sweet, and I and really everyone should be driving one. There's just there's no doubt in my mind. There are a couple different ways that you can get money into the Roth IRA. One is a conversion. We're going to be talking about that in a little later, but Think of contributing. On an annual basis, I can contribute, uh, if I'm 50 or younger, 5500 into this uh, vehicle. If I'm 50 or older, I can put 6500 into this vehicle. Yeah, there's a $1,000 catch-up, and I think you meant younger than 50 can do uh, the 5500 As soon as you turn 50, you get that catch-up. So, Excellent. Yeah. Uh, you caught that. Uh, pass the test, Mike. And it is subject <laughs> to certain income limits, so you want to be aware of them. Now, the good news is there's no minimum contribution. So if you're out there and you're just getting started with investing and you say, hey, I want to get started, and you've looked at your whole financial situation and it makes sense, you can start with a small uh, a monthly, a monthly amount if you have it. Another key feature that I like about the Roth IRA is there's no required minimum distribution on a Roth IRA. Which there is on your pre-tax account at some point, 70 and a half, or it gets a little more sticky than that. We'll just say 70 and a half. Yeah. You have to start taking money out because government's like, you've been delaying your tax on this for too long. Time to pay up, sucker. Uh, not the case with the Roth IRA. You can avoid that or the, the tax on the growth forever. Yep. And speaking of avoiding it forever, you can pass it to your children Income tax-free. Now, you heard me say income tax-free, not federal estate tax-free or depending on the state that you live in, uh, state inheritance tax-free, but income tax-free. So what a great place to have money when you die. Well, in the likelihood, most people would love to have this problem where you're not going to spend all of your money in your lifetime and your kids are going to inherit something. And I love it. I love it if they're inheriting money in a Roth IRA because usually... You're the, when, when you pass away, money's passing down to your kids while they're working and they're in their prime earning years. They're probably in a high tax bracket. And if they can inherit that money tax-free, oh my goodness. But here's the deal, folks. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Well, and not only inherit it tax-free, it's a tax shelter that then they can stretch out over their lifetime. Which right? is awesome. Which is so awesome. So it really multiplies. I mean, th- this, this gets into multi-generational wealth building. When you can keep money outside of the hands of the IRS, for multiple generations here. That is powerful stuff. Yeah. So did you hear those benefits, though, folks? I mean, this is, but it's confusing. This is why we're talking about it today is over the past several weeks, we've had new clients come in. And as we're hearing their story and learning about their financial situation, 
it's I'm just thinking, okay, yep, yeah, you've got to have a, a Roth IRA and it's got to be sizable. And then we look and they don't. We say, well, why haven't you been funding the Roth IRA? One person said, well, I thought I was too old. Someone else said, didn't think they were eligible for some other reason. And no, this is such an important tool, folks. You have to know whether you sh- can contribute and you need to start using one, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And don't don't be ashamed. Don't feel bad if you don't know or understand the Roth IRA. A lot of times when I'll ask someone, hey, are you familiar with the Roth IRA? They will nod their head in the same way I nod my head after I ask someone for directions to someplace. And uh, once they tell me to get out of the parking lot and go left, I stop listening and uh, just nod my head for the next five minutes. Is that because you're so conservative that the thought of going left just... <laughs> no, I just, I, it, it, it's something, something strange uh, happens, but you, you, you say, Hey, I'm in agreement. Yes, I understand. I know, but this is a great topic to ask your financial planner. Hey, is a Roth IRA right for me? Should I be contributing to a Roth IRA and uh, taking advantage of some of these features? Well, we, we mentioned uh, that there are two ways to get money into a Roth, right? Uh, we've been talking so far about contributing new money. So this is taking dollars that you have earned in a paycheck. You have to have wages in order to be able to contribute to a Roth IRA. Either you or your spouse do. That's right. Um, but the other way that you could get money into a Roth IRA is doing what's known as a conversion. A Roth conversion, one of our favorite strategies we've talked about on the show before. Absolutely. This is where you take dollars that are already piled into a retirement account, usually an IRA, Um, It could have come from a a 401k originally as well, but you basically shift dollars from that IRA over to the Roth, and this creates a taxable event for you. Uh, In other words, when you pull money out of the IRA, it is treated as income and has to be reported on your income tax return that year. However, that might be a good deal for you to pay the tax now and then shift big chunks of dollars over to that Roth IRA where it suddenly is recharacterized as uh, or, or uh, changed into tax-free money, mm-hmm. right? Any growth that happens from that day moving forward is considered tax-free for you. And uh, that, that's a powerful thing. You would want to consider doing something like this if you know that you are in a lower, uh, if you're in a lower tax bracket today than where you think you might be out there in the future. In other words, I'd rather pay the tax at these rates than the potential rates that I'd have to pay down the road. Yeah, I, you know, I just to tell a quick story, I was dealing with some folks, meeting with them earlier this week, and he's just about to retire, but he's not going to turn Social Security on right away. And so we we're going to use those couple years where their income is going to be really low because he's given up his paycheck and retiring, not starting Social Security. And we're going to use a couple years while he's still young, early in retirement, to convert some money, get them up to the top of the 15% tax bracket, convert some money, because in all likelihood we've done the planning and he probably won't spend all of that money in his life. And we're doing it while he's young, in low tax brackets, so it's a great strategy. You know what, this idea of of converting money from an IRA to a Roth, it might not make sense every single year. And, and you kind of pointed that out, that there may be some years down the road when he's drawing Social Security that you would not want to do this mm-hmm. because the extra income that you're creating on your tax return might cause more of your Social Security to become taxable. So there are years where it doesn't make sense. There are years when it does. And that's one of the reasons why we're encouraging all of our clients every single year to be doing active tax planning. You have to decide each year, you know, fresh and new every year, 
is this a good idea right now? Yeah, every year, should I contribute? Am I below the income limits where I can contribute? Or should I convert? And, and a lot of times in retirement, the Roth IRA becomes a big deal, especially when it comes to tax planning. Because when you look at paying, our strategy is to pay the most tax you can in the lowest possible bracket. So when you're doing that, a great place to take those, to create more income to pay tax on is to move money from IRA to Roth IRA, and then that gets that money growing tax-free forever. You know, one of the other things we've talked about, benefits with the Roth IRA that I think will ring home to you listening is what's likely to happen with tax rates? Do you think in the future tax rates are going to be going down or will tax rates potentially be going up because of all the debt and so on? And using the Roth IRA today means you'll be avoiding some taxes out there in the future when tax rates really could be higher. So doing that Roth conversion, paying taxes today, avoiding it in the future could make a lot of sense. Now there's a couple strategies underneath the Roth conversion. It's a type of conversion, but it really is going to apply to a select few of you, but it's awesome. It's great stuff. So we're going to be unpacking that in just a moment, as well as a few other reasons why you might want to consider using a Roth IRA. So that and more here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, Newstalk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm Mike. I've got Josh and Kevin with me in the studio. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. Today we are demystifying the Roth IRA. And it's technical, folks, but we've made the case it's a very important and valuable tool in your financial life. So we're trying to give you what you need to know so you can figure out, well, is now the time to use it? Should you contribute? Should you convert? And all of that. We're actually talking about one of our favorite strategies with the Roth IRA, and that's the Roth conversion. There's a couple really unique ways to do a Roth conversion that we just wanted to touch on real quick. Well, there's a strategy that it's almost a hybrid between contributing and converting, right? Um, Kevin made reference to the fact that not everybody is technically allowed to contribute directly to a Roth IRA because once your income uh, crosses the, uh, what was it, 194000 Yep, um, for a joint. For yep. a joint. If you're married. 132 if you're single. Yep. So once you cross that threshold, the IRS says, oh, you can't contribute. Well, there is... There is a backdoor way to contribute, as we often refer to it, and this is basically a two-step process where you start by contributing to a, an IRA, a traditional IRA. Normally, we think of an IRA as uh, something you would do to try to get a tax write-off up front. But if your income is that high, you can't get that tax write-off either. That's exactly right. So this money goes in after tax, which so it's is ex- not deductible. Not deductible. It's after tax. Gives you no tax benefit up front, just like the Roth. Well, if you make that contribution and then immediately do the Roth conversion, you've effectively uh, funneled dollars through the IRA into the Roth in a two-step process, and that is allowable. It used to be that if your income was over 100000 you couldn't do this, but those rules have changed in recent years, and it's really opened up the Roth IRA to anybody. 
So you want to watch out if you already have an IRA with pre-tax dollars in it. Doing this could be very, very complicated, and I would even argue you probably shouldn't do it. So consult with a certified financial planner before doing it. Um, one other thing that's also very similar here is we've talked about on the show before, some 401k plans allow after-tax contributions. So let's say if you are in that really high tax bracket, you should contribute as much as you can pre-tax. But once you hit that limit, if you're still willing and able, you've got cash flow to contribute, I would consider doing after-tax contributions. And then every year you can do the backdoor with that. You can roll out those after-tax contributions to your IRA, but, be, but since they're after-tax, there's no deduction or anything there. And then immediately convert them to your Roth. So those are some advanced strategies, uh, Roth IRA, uh, uh, 400 level classes. So come in and talk to us about those if you're curious or if you think they fit in your situation. There's a few other ways uh, we want to highlight in using a Roth IRA. So Kevin, uh, what's the next smart way we're going to talk about here? Well, one thing to consider if you are in a low tax bracket. So the first tax bracket federally is at 10% and then it goes to 15%. So if you're in the 15% tax bracket, you really need to look and say, where should my retirement savings go? And I'll just give an example. Our tax team is amazing, and uh, they'll do a couple thousand tax returns this year. And periodically we get an opportunity to deliver these returns to clients. And I was sitting with a client uh, whose income was about $50,000, but because of the character and nature of some of that income, this person was in the 0% tax bracket. They also worked at a small Christian university in town, and they were encouraged by the retirement counselor there, affiliated with TIA Craft, to increase her contributions to her TIAA Craft account. And again, it's um, so you looked at that, and this person who's paying no taxes, who could take money and get it growing tax free forever, was encouraged to put money into a pre tax account. So thereby creating an account that would grow in tax deferred and all of it would be taxable at some point down the road. So in other words, they're saying, no, I don't want to pay the taxes at 0% today. I would rather wait out in the future and I'll, uh, I'll pay at that time. Yep. Whatever it's not going to be lower than zero okay. in the future. And that's why making your financial decisions in a vacuum is such a horrible idea. Right. Because adding more money to your retirement, yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Who could argue with that? Exactly. But our adding more money to the wrong retirement vehicle is just a horrible idea. So what are the reasons why you might have low income this year? Well, one is you're in between jobs. Okay, so that'd be a one-time idea where you can say, gosh, well, uh, can we make some lemonade out of these lemons here and convert some money since we're in a low, really low tax bracket? Second, parents, I'm talking to you, if your kid is working, or if you're just starting your job, your career, you just got out of college, you're making a very little amount, most likely, compared to what you'll make in the future. Fund that Roth, fund that Roth. And finally, I'm talking to clergy folks, folks who are pastors and so on. Your income um, it has some unique tax treatment. We'll talk about that on a show at some point. And your actual income, not all of it lands on your tax return. And so you might be in a lower tax bracket than you otherwise should be. Consider using a Roth. Yep. And I just want to back up for a second because... Mike, in your example of parents contributing for the child, you think about it, your child worked for the summer and made $3,000. So a lot of times people think, well, those $3,000, some of that got spent and some of that went into the savings account. 
So there's no way that the those actual dollars can go into a Roth IRA. So my child is not therefore eligible to contribute. But the reality is if I've got $3,000 of earned income as as the child, my parents can step in and put $3,000 in a Roth IRA on my behalf. That's every child's dream, I think, right? That's my dream, too. I'm yeah. a child. Yep. Dad, dad, if you're listening. Mom and dad, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but the other thing is, it's confusing because you say, well, wait a minute, my cash flow is tight. I don't have the money from current cash flow to contribute to a Roth IRA. But if you have money right now growing in a taxable account, you want to be working with your certified financial planner and uh, your CPA to say, hey, does this make sense to shift some money from this pocket to this pocket? Think you've got one pair of pants, a bunch of different pockets with different pools of money in them. How should I be shifting it? That is a great, great point that needs to be emphasized because there are many of our listeners who have dollars invested in places where as they earn interest, as they earn that growth, they have to count it on their tax return every single year. But if they just shifted the money over into a Roth by making a contribution each year, they can get it in underneath that tax, tax shelter, and Uncle Sam is the only one that loses in that game. One last, and we're going to hit this really quick, one last reason to use a Roth IRA is a complement for your college savings for your kids. College costs are going up so quickly, and the 529 is our favorite college tool, but really the money you put in the 529 has to be used for college. Well, what if your child goes to a cheaper school or something like that? A companion idea of saving up for college is to use the Roth IRA. Josh, can you break it down just real quick? Well, I, I think what you're referring to is just the, the risk that if you're going to have excess dollars left over somewhere at the end of those college years, you don't want the excess in a 529 plan. That's right. It'd be nice if it was in your Roth IRA. A lot of people don't realize that you can use a Roth IRA. You can take distributions from that account and avoid a 10% penalty if you use it for qualified education expenses. Yes, you can. And you can also pull out your own contributions with no tax uh, obligation at all. And you can just leave that growth to continue to grow tax-free for your own retirement. So I love, I have a lot of clients where we've put a certain amount in the 529 to get that tax credit in Indiana. And then anything above that, they, they want to put towards college, we use the Roth. So that growth can be for retirement or any extra overage can already be positioned in a great retirement account. I think we have to at least caution people here, though, that you don't want to think of the Roth IRA as a way to bail yourself out because you haven't planned ahead. We're in the college years now and where's the money going to come from? Oh, let's just go raid the Roth IRA. You know, too many people, unfortunately, put too much money towards education and they underfund their retirement. This could be a way that you start actually raiding your retirement even more by uh, tapping into a retirement asset that should be left to grow tax-free. Yeah. So be aware of the versatility. Hey, I can use this as a Swiss Army knife to either pay for my kid's education because I can access it sooner or for retirement. But we would advocate on behalf of your retirement to say, hey, try and let those retirement assets become retirement assets. But just have a, a plan. Just have a plan. Work with your financial planner and have a great plan. All right, great. We're going to be recapping and wrapping up the Roth IRA discussion. But plus, we also are going to be hitting a question from Joel. Joel went to the new website, submitted a great question about budgeting. We're going to be talking about that next here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. We have been talking about the Roth IRA today and all the reasons why it is a great tool in your financial life, why you need to consider either contributing money to it or converting money into it. So you've got tax diversification, take advantage of all those benefits we've talked about. In just a moment, we're going to be taking a question from Joel. He actually went to the new website and submitted it there. If you have a question about the Roth IRA or really anything else, we want to help you. Go to wisemoneyradio.com and submit a question right there. You can even listen to past episodes and all of that. Or if you're driving, give us a call, 574-222-2000. Doug did that last week. We played his question from the voicemail right here on the air. It was great. So if you've got a question, reach out to us in that way. We want to help you. So let's recap the benefits of the Roth IRA. Yep. So what makes the Roth IRA a 24-karat gold Cadillac? I would say, number one, I've got access to my contributions from the day that I put the money in until the day that my beneficiaries get the money. So I love the versatility of having access to my contributions. The the growth of a Roth IRA, it grows tax-free and comes out tax-free as long as you do it right. And there's a few asterisks there. There's no required minimum distribution required at 70 and a half. So that is, that's a wonderful thing. All of your other retirement accounts are going to have likely have some sort of required minimum distribution. This does not have one. And this can be inherited income tax-free by your beneficiaries. And it's a great place to put money to give you some tax diversification to get you from 66 to 70 before you turn on Social Security or whatever your plan may be. Oh, I love that term, tax diversification. It's it's the idea that when you get out to retirement, you need to have some money that you can pull out tax-free, some dollars that maybe you're going to pay tax on, and that way you get to decide each year, which account am I going to dip into? How am I going to plan my tax picture in retirement? And that is the point of this show, right? We want you to not settle for tax preparation this year. You need to be proactively planning your tax picture. Take a look out into the future and today. Where do you expect your tax picture to be now versus in the future? And that should uh, tell you whether or not the Roth IRA makes sense right now, whether you should be contributing to it or converting dollars either way. We, we talked about uh, some examples of how a Roth IRA could even be used in your college planning. The point here, though, the, the operative word is planning. And I, we want to encourage you, let that be your first action item on Monday morning. Get started planning. Get started planning. One of the, one of the many roles of your certified financial planner should be to bring creativity to your financial life and your decisions. And as Josh mentioned with tax planning, figure out a strategy for you to pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime, not just in this particular year. Because folks, all this debt we're raking up as a country, someone's going to be paying it. Someone's going to be paying it. And if you're using a Roth IRA, you're limiting how much you're going to be paying out there in the future when rates do rise or something like that. So I tell you what, when I really started taking the Roth IRA seriously, one thing I had to get serious about was my budget. 
because I was used to getting that tax deduction when I was contributing to my pre-tax 401k. When I switched it to the Roth, I had to pay more tax today and it adjusted my budget. That is a good segue here. I was going to say, that's a brilliant segue. No, but that, that is the honest truth, though. And I, had to, I had to do that. And as we made that adjustment, it changed my take-home income and so on. So yep. Joel asked a great question that goes right in line. And he actually kind of calls us on the carpet and says, what do you guys do? I love it, Joel. So he went to Wise Money Radio, submitted this question earlier this week. How do you manage your budget? Do you use the envelope system, special software like QuickBooks or Quicken, and although it's a good, it's good to record everything. Is that what you do, Joel? <laughs> we are always eating our own cooking, my friend. So I am glad you asked us. Absolutely, I track my budget every. I so I I track my budget. I build it on a monthly basis, but I update it every single week. I use a software right now that's embedded in my in our financial planning software that all of our clients have called Wealth Vision 360, and it updates automatically every single day. But I just because it's automated doesn't mean it's on autopilot and I ignore it. No, I tune in every single week I, after church on Sunday is my usual uh, routine. If you tune in every single week, it just takes 10 minutes. You just look and say, hey, we overspent in shopping. Big surprise there, right, Cindy? Um, no, me and she, <laughs> we, we, uh, You said that out loud. No, we, we tease each other a lot. I actually spend, uh, she spends on the kids, I spend on myself. So anyway, <laughs> or going out to eat or something like that. Hey, we overspent in this category, so we need to adjust in this category, so on. But yeah, we, I, that's, that's the system I use. Um, guys, what are you recommending? Well, I, I think the, the point here is that every single transaction that hits your bank account needs to be recorded in some sort of a system so that you can look back and say, hey, I plan to spend this in each category. What did I actually do? Because the whole point of a budget is behavioral modification, right? It, it's to try to help uh, steer your spending decisions, your money uh, expenditures and everything towards the things that are most important to you as opposed to just letting it go into whatever haphazard behavior you, you would typically fall into. So a tool like the one you described, which we make available to our clients, there, there's others out there uh, off the shelf, things like mint.com. It's very, very similar to Mint, That's where right. it automatically categorizes each transaction. But sometimes, you know, it'll say going shopping at Martin's is actually, you know, gasoline. And so you got to right. fix that. Yeah, it, it doesn't get it in the right category. And if it's not in the right category, then you don't have good numbers to compare against the budget. Yep. So that's where there's some cleanup work. And, and your uh, approach is to do it on a weekly basis. And that way it never gets to be too large of a job. Yep. I've always tried to limit how much time I spend on budgeting. I, I've gotten it down to the, the least number of hours each month possible, I think. And sometimes I've gone too low. Um, but to me, if, if once a month I can be updating a program like Quicken, mm -hmm. um, made by the same company as Mint.com, that serves as my check register and uh, allows me to, to just keep track of where's all the money going. So you use Quicken? I, I am back and forth at times. Mint.com okay. is what I'm using right now. The problem with it, though, is if you don't have the discipline to go in and check it, yeah. automation makes it almost too easy for you because you can just kind of check out. Involvement is the catalyst for change, folks. 
So if you've got, if you're asking Joel about a budget because you need to free up some cash or the, there's not enough money left over at the end of the month, I'd tell you to get involved. Don't use an automated tool. Use an Excel spreadsheet where you are actually typing out. And, and gone are the days where you have to keep all your receipts. Don't, don't do that. That's a barrier to actually doing the budget. No, it's all in your bank statement. You can log into your bank account at any time online, but, but get involved. Um, you also asked about QuickBooks. QuickBooks is a great way to track a budget for a business. I haven't seen it be real practical for an individual. Right. Right. It's too and, complicated. Yeah. So I personally use Excel, and I, as I'm listening and thinking about this, when I started in the business 23 years ago, you couldn't connect your uh, bank account, your credit card, fill in the blank to Mint or to WellVision 360. So technology has moved beyond some of us old geezers <laughs> and made it so that you can really do some amazing things. But I, I still... Part of me being old school, love the envelope system. I, my wife and I uh, saw some folks a week ago, and they were saying, hey, we've been using the envelope system for four years, and now that uh, the business that my husband works at is going to be leaving town, we are ready. We are totally ready for this. That's great. We're debt-free, and this is not going to create a, a, a great trauma to our financial life. And that's where budgets create freedom, not limitations. It, that, there is a mind trick going on. When you think budget, you think turtleneck. Yeah, this thing is restricting me. And no, it's about giving freedom. It's liberating your financial life so that you can handle adjustments and so on. You know, there's a few categories that I like to use the envelope system for where it's just better to manage with cash because you know when the money's gone and the spending needs to stop after that that's happening. Things like groceries or eating out, entertainment. Some people use it for gas for their car. Others want to use a debit card. But figure out which of those categories you're most prone to overspend and switch to an envelope system that will help you control the spending. Okay, great. Joel, thanks for that question. Hopefully it helped. And if you guys have any more questions, go to wisemoneyradio.com. On behalf of Alicia Boehner, who joined us to talk about all the flooding going on, as well as myself and Josh and Kevin, thanks for tuning in, guys. We will see you next week for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.